when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. This is Cork Today. Cork Today with Patricia Messenger on C103. Cork's greatest Eighteen fifty three 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 one zero three. Our lines are open. Bernie takes your calls this morning. You can always text or WhatsApp oh eight six two one zero three one zero three. Before we go into what's on the show, we're getting a lot of texts in, in the last five minutes of uh, huge tailbacks heading in from the north side of Cork City to the city centre, uh, and a few texts for people coming from the Fermoy direction as well, asking what is happening. I can tell you at the moment there is uh, tailbacks on the M eight uh, going back beyond uh, Glanmire turn off it seems at the moment. One of the reasons for that, and I know they are working on this at the moment, emergency services were anyhow, apart from the fog earlier on this morning, Gardaí were still dealing uh, with a crash on the south ring westbound near the South Douglas Road. Traffic was heavy there and because of that particular accident there was also delays then on the south ring. That then led to delays elsewhere in the city because of this and uh, I presume it's from that particular crash and the volume of traffic. There is delays from the image back beyond Glenmire at the moment and also in the opposite direction even though the going from the Douglas side towards the tunnel that is now clearing but if you're coming from the Fermoy direction into the city centre especially on the image passing Glenmire there is huge tailbacks of traffic there at the moment and looking at, at the situation it doesn't seem it's going to clear anytime soon a lot of that due to that earlier accident and just down to volume on that particular stretch of road so if you are in that traffic jam uh, bear with us uh, we um, we are checking that out on the exact cause if there's another cause on that at the moment but at the moment uh, from Gardaí it just does seem to be down to the volume of traffic and an earlier accident that they are clearing there. Uh, so for those people texting in, that is the reason for that. If there's any more updates, we'll bring it to you here. And with you until one on Cork today ahead on the show, uh, something that was raised in the Doyle yesterday, but we got a lot of calls over the last number of weeks about this. And this was to do uh, with the Garda checkpoints and the drink driving issue. We discussed this a few weeks ago. We also discussed it on the show yesterday following an AA survey uh, that showed a number of drivers, one in eight, admitted to drink driving. Now, a lot of this might not be intentional drink driving. It might be the next day. 
Uh, they might have felt okay, uh, but if they were stopped and breathalyzed, they would have been over the limit. But out of all those calls, we got people ringing us from various parts of Duhallow and in the Rathmore area on the Cork Kerry border who were saying that on Sunday mornings there is checkpoints uh, set up in areas near churches. And a lot of people, even though they were never drinking the night before. Some people might never have drank in their entire lives and you would say if, if they're afraid of a checkpoint while well, they have to hide, some people are just are afraid of guarded checkpoints and don't like the idea of being breathalyzed even though they never drank. They, it just turns them off. Uh, so the there was a number of checkpoints set up near churches in these areas and parts of Duhallow where we got calls from and in the Rathmore area and locals were saying it's turning people going, uh, turning people off going to church. Well, yesterday uh, that was actually raised in the doll uh, by Deputy Danny Healy Ray who raised the matter. We'll hear about that shortly on the show. And gift cards and gift vouchers. Are you planning on buying one this Christmas to give to someone in your family or one of your friends or or have you got one yourself in the past? Because legislation that is coming in to make gift cards valid for five years, well, that's been stalled. Yeah, it's something that has been going on for the last number of years, trying to get this into law. We spoke with Dermot Jewell of the Consumer Association back in September. He was hoping that it would be in by the end of this year, if not into early 2019. But they were hoping it would be in for the Christmas market. But it doesn't look like it will now because one of the big voucher companies has come out and stalled the particular legislation that was due to go through very shortly. We're discussing that with Dermot Jewell, who rejoins us from the Consumer Association. Also, we're going to hear how traders in East Cork and in Middleton uh, they're not very impressed with ESB networks as they pull their Christmas music on the streets every year they have Christmas music piped onto the streets in Middleton and kind of draws attraction to the town for Christmas shoppers but this year there isn't uh, because of the fact of health and safety from ESB networks we'll hear from traders who aren't very happy about that and last week we heard from St. Coleman Secondary School in Formoy they were releasing a song for their fellow student who is ill with cancer at the moment Proceeds are going to a number of charities, including Crumlin's Children's Hospital, where that young man is receiving treatments. And we're going to hear, well, we heard their song last week in rehearsals. We're going to hear their song again today because they're releasing it. The launch is today. Our reporter, Fiona Corcoran, was in the school last week. You would have seen the videos on the C103 Facebook and Twitter feed. Well, she's back again today in the school. We'll be joining Fiona shortly after 11 o'clock this morning and hearing that particular song in Formoy this morning just after 11 11 o'clock and if you live in a housing estate anywhere in Cork and the estate was taken over by the council you might think it's your own home but it seems some developers who owned or built those estates back in the 70s and 80s even if the developer has gone out of business or maybe did their relative seems to have a claim over the land and some residents even though they own their own home might have even paid off their mortgage still they're getting a letter for ground rent and they're being forced to pay over money for ground rent. We're going to hear how that is affecting some housing estates in Cork this morning. Also, we're going to speak to a Clonakilty man who was running the Clonakilty Waterfront Marathon. He is wearing a military gas mask for the entire marathon. We'll hear why uh, this morning. Gardening with Peter Dowdall, plus your chance to go along and see Rod Stewart. He plays Parky Cueve on Saturday, May 25th. It's um, a big gig, so many gigs uh, going across Cork next year. Big names coming, but Rod Stewart, one of them, 
in Parque Cueve, May 25th. If you want to win your way to Rod Stewart, stay listening across the show. We're going to play a clip of a Rod Stewart song. You have to guess the particular song. If you do guess the song correctly, then you win yourself a pair of tickets to see Rod Stewart live at Parque Cueve with thanks to Aiken Promotions. So that and more to come between now and one lines open. Bernie takes your comments 1850-333-103 or indeed you can text or WhatsApp 86 
He's back touring next year, Bruce Springsteen. At C103, we're with you until one with Cork today. 1850-333-103, lines are open. I mentioned there about Danny Healy Ray speaking in the Dáil yesterday. We'll hear that very shortly on the issue of drink driving, the new rules out and people basically questioning the setting up of checkpoints near churches on a Sunday morning, affecting those who are going to mass or indeed going to service. And some of those going who never drink are saying it's putting them off going to mass or service because... They just aren't, are not if they're afraid of the Gardaí, but they're not into being breathalyzed. It, it's a find it uncomfortable, that type of thing. That's the feedback we were getting. That's the feedback people in rural areas were telling uh, their own local TDs as well. And that's why Danny Healy Ray brought it up in the Dáil. A few texts in already on that. First of all, texts are saying, if you are not drinking the night before, well, then you have nothing to worry about going to Mass. I agree with those particular checkpoints. Another person saying, I think it's a great plan to have guarded checkpoints at Mass times because robberies also take place while householders are at Mass. Uh, that can be the oldest trick in the book. So maybe is it no harm? To, is, do you mean it's no harm to have the Gardaí then out and about the roads during Mass time? So it gives the impression the Gardaí are on the roads and it might deter those who are looking or thinking of robbing a house. And Mary's saying, hi, John. Paul, I heard you mention being breathalyzed. Well, I was breathalyzed last week. I had no problem with that at all. I'm driving for 38 years and this was my first time being breathalyzed. Is this a record? Asking Mary, driving 38 years and never breathalyzed before. Is that a record? Have we somebody else out there driving longer? And never breathalyzed, maybe. Anyhow, uh, Danny Healy Ray was speaking, was raising the issue yesterday in the doll. Here's what he said. And I want to know, Tishuk. Is it yourself, the Minister for Justice, or Minister for Ross, is ordering all the checkpoints? People are checked going to Mass, they're checked coming from Mass. And I don't, I'm not blaming the Gandhi, or indeed I'm not blaming individual superintendents, because it's across different divisions, it's across country, county boundaries. And is it a way that he wants to close the churches now as well as the post offices? Emotionally, emotionally, everything has closed, but he wants to close the churches as well in, in, in rural Ireland. May, many people are very angry and upset what has happened. They, are, they feel they are let down, that they can't move, they are isolated, bars are empty, more are closing like wildfire, shops beso- and restaurants beside them are closing also. For many, two points was their only social outlet to talk about farming. Work, football, or to inquire about the health of neighbours or relatives that live maybe far away from them. The, 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 the only usual conversation and uh, uh, the, the, the culture of the, of the rural people is being blown to smithereens. You, and and, and it, it was year, at year behest trying to satisfy Minister Ross. And Taoiseach did respond saying that he and the Justice Department do not and don't make the rules on where the Gardaí go the next day or where they ever go setting up checkpoints. But that was what was raised yesterday in the Dáil uh, by Deputy Danny Healy Ray. Do you agree with him? Do you feel like they should not be setting up checkpoints outside Mass or indeed outside a service on a Sunday morning? Or from what a lot of people already are on to us saying they agree with those particular checkpoints and they're saying if you were not drinking the night before then you have nothing to worry about. Uh, 
but also a text in from Billy saying I do agree in some regards with what is happening in rural areas I am totally against drink driving and I wouldn't be encouraging drink driving whatsoever but I do feel the social side on in a rural area is declining simply because if people go out now they have no way home and if people go out they do want to have a drink but now uh, they feel that they can't have a drink and it is restricting people in rural areas having fun is what Billy is saying he's saying he's noticed a decline in local bars some closing and some thinking in the future they will close because now they have no customers coming into them so he can agree with some of what Danny Healy Ray is saying he says but they're not in total because he's not encouraging drink driving either so your views are welcome on that checkpoints near your local church on a Sunday morning. Dali Healy Ray is against it. A lot of texters here though are saying I agree with it. Nothing wrong. If you haven't been drinking the night before then what have you got to worry about? 1850-333-103 Lines open. Text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103 Reading this morning in the Irish edition of the Times the IRFU the Rub Union they have failed in a bid wait for this to save the what they call the Prawn Sandwich Brigade from being shown on television. The Times and understands that the sports governing body had asked RTE to stop showing footage of guests in the Aviva's corporate boxes during its coverage of the games. The request followed last month's landmark victory over the All Blacks in the Lansdowne Road Stadium and they did show if you were watching that particular game they flashed a good few times the corporate boxes and one of those shown was Conor Murray and others who were celebrating when the result came. Now I don't think any of the players were giving out about this but it did come from the IRA a few, uh, but it seems uh, their request uh, really hasn't gone down and hasn't gone anywhere at the moment anyhow, uh, but interesting that the RFU have come out and asked for those in the corporate boxes not to be shown on television. And speaking of events and gigs, and we did mention Leo Varadkar there when we were discussing the drink driving issue, it seems that, and I did see his tweet last night about this uh, and there's mixed response to this particular tweet because he and his partner Matt, they went along to the Kali Minogue concerts recently and it was claimed on Facebook yesterday uh, on a Facebook post it alleged that uh, Mr. Varadkar and the group he was with had their meals and drinks paid for uh, by the three arena bosses and it was shared numerous times online last night he came out and he insisted that the drinks and the meal and everything he got was bought by himself and he said on the tweet that he even had the receipts to prove this now of course he did get backlash on Twitter people saying okay uh, fair enough you've come out and defended yourself but surely if this is worrying you have enough more things to be worried about for example the homeless situation the health service situation rather than who paid drinks at the three arena uh, but he has come out to say that no he got no free meal at the three arena and our own John Creedon from Cork Dancing with the Stars that returns in January We've had a lot of people from Cork on it in the past few years and it seems now, according to the Daily Mail, that uh, John Creedon could uh, be lining up for the particular series in January. So we might be chatting with John nearer Christmas and he might confirm that with us. Uh, so another Cork person again uh, for Dancing with the Stars. 1850-333-103, lines open or you can text on WhatsApp 0862-103-103. Today on C103.
103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086-2103-103. Just going back to what Danny Healy Ray said regarding drink driving, just a few comments to go back to on that. First of all, a text was saying Danny Healy Ray is giving out because his pub in Kilgarvan, maybe his profits are down. He's a pub owner after all. While Pat is saying the Healy Rays are right and no man to back him up. That Shane Ross doesn't know anything about life in rural Ireland, says Pat. Uh, and more comments coming in regarding Danny Healy Ray and what he said in the doll yesterday uh, when it comes to people afraid to go to Mass the next day because of checkpoints in and around uh, churches and indeed people basically even though they never drank the night before uh, they're concerned that they're being breathalyzed. some people just don't like being breathalyzed, and, and that's where the concern is coming from even though they might never drink and Miriam Mallow is a pensioner and she's saying they are taking away everything from the people that Ireland uh, that created Ireland and the people that Ireland died for we don't even have post offices anymore in rural areas while Vincent in Newmarket says a survey last year on how many road deaths were caused by drink showed that 10% of deaths were caused by drink and about 90% of deaths on the road were caused by other reasons. Uh, Vincent was driving last night with a Garda car in front of him. Two cars, two cars coming the other way had only one headlight uh, but he felt the Garda car should have gone after them. Faulty lights and speed are the cause of most deaths feels Vincent. Uh, they need to have safety campaigns for checking your car lights and indeed your car tyres. So Vincent in your market has he a point there with faulty lights when you're driving along the roads. A guy behind you, the light blinding you because only one is working and indeed if you were driving along the road and a guy coming towards you either with no lights or half a light working, how are you supposed to see what's ahead of you or what's coming towards you uh, if you're on the other side of the road. Vincent in Newmarket thank you for your call to Bernie 1850 and I mentioned earlier as well regarding Mary who was on to us, she's been driving for 38 years and was only breathalyzed for the first time last week and Mary uh, said was it a record uh, because driving so long and not being breathalyzed. Well, uh, a person here says, I am a pioneer and I'm driving for 50 years, but I was never breathalyzed. So, uh, yeah, I'm beating Mary's record there. 50 years driving, never breathalyzed. And uh, this texter feels uh, that Shane Ross is creating a police state across the country. 1850-333-103, lines open. You can text on WhatsApp 0862-103-103. And a comment that came in yesterday afternoon from Sheila, and she wants to bring this to the attention of people who were travelling in the area of the new secondary school in Buttevant and this could be said for any school anywhere in Cork secondary or indeed primary but this is particular to do uh, with the road where the new secondary school is located in Buttevant and Sheila is saying that the traffic build up there is just getting worse it's unreal Uh, especially though in the evening times there was chaos there recently Uh, she went that way by accident one day I presume when you're going home or going somewhere and she met a truck on the road near the school but she had nowhere to go so she had to reverse back down the road in order for the truck to pass and before it was always a narrow road now it's twice as bad she says because you have the school traffic and I presume along with the school traffic you have cars parked on the roadway as well she asked was there ever an application put in to widen that particular road when that school is being developed as she feels it's highly dangerous for students let alone any other traffic also She mentioned the traffic and air pollution in the area must be bad. It's so near the school. Now Mary avoids that particular road 
because of the delays there but also she feels the road is too narrow in that particular area Have do you travel that road where that new particular school is do you feel that particular road is too narrow and should they expand or can they even widen the road somewhat or have you had an experience like Mary whereby you are driving up that road you meet a truck coming down and you have to reverse right back down the road and that can be tricky enough if it's a narrow road and if you had a wall or something on one side you have cars parked on the other side and you have a truck in front of you you know you can feel under pressure at times and especially if there's people then sitting in the cars watching you reverse and you're trying to get back down that particular road so is that something that is causing problems there in that particular area uh, let us know 1850 or indeed you can text or whatsapp 086 103 a lot of calls still coming in regarding uh, what Danny Healy Ray the comments he raised yesterday in the Dáil we'll get to those as well and I want to chat with people in Middleton and traders in the town of Middleton because uh, they're not very happy at the moment their Christmas music which they have on the streets it's piped onto the streets that's been pulled this year uh, due to health and safety reasons every town trying to come up with a new idea to encourage people to go out and shop or come to their town and shop Uh, one of the things Middleton had going for them was that Christmas music other towns do that as well but uh, for the East Cork area they felt it did draw shoppers to the town Uh, they don't have that this year and they're not very happy we'll discuss that with them next You're listening to Cork Today on Replay Phone and text lines are currently closed Across Cork City and County This is Cork Today on C103 Still traffic delays if you're travelling from Formoy into the city on the M8 especially from the Glamour Junction to the Dunkettle Roundabout The delays are easing somewhat as you get nearer to the roundabout traffic flowing a bit faster now there but still you are going to encounter and you're going to be stuck in traffic further up towards the Glanmire turnoff and traffic because of that is heavy as well in Glanmire itself so just be aware of that if you are on the M8 stuck in traffic uh, there was an accident earlier as far as we know that it's being cleared it just seems to be uh, the volume of traffic in the area uh, and delays there they continue uh, from the Glanmire turn off right through to the Dunkettle roundabout on the M8 and also if you're living in the Fremont area there's a burst water main there uh, water due to be restored later uh, this evening at 6 o'clock that is affecting Fremont Jermina Liscarroll Milford and parts of Churchtown and the surrounding areas now in this week's East Cork Journal Middleton Traders they have slammed the ESB networks for pulling the plug on Christmas cheer Uh, let's find out what's happening there Fergus McCarthy joins me uh, from the Middleton Traders Association good morning to you Fergus Hi John Paul uh, and thanks for joining us Middleton uh, Traders sorry it's Chamber of Commerce oh Chamber of Commerce now is it okay sorry about that Chamber of Commerce in Middleton well first of all uh, from the Chamber of Commerce point of view and I presume from your own business point of view as well just explain what's happening here because Middleton itself known to many shoppers every year and it's known for its Christmas music you pipe onto the streets and every town trying to pitch the best they can to attract customers but this year though it doesn't seem that will be happening what's going on there? No, at the moment anyway, it, it, it looks unlikely. Um, we we set up our Christmas lights and our, our, and our, our music as usual in mid-November and uh, we don't put on the Christmas music too early because we don't want to, you know, bring, you know it should be, uh, in my book, it should start 1st of December, but uh, two days uh, before the 1st of December uh, we we uh, we got a phone call from uh, from the ESB. Well, I got a phone call to, from my staff saying that there was some guy came in to the shop and said that his boss had told him he was from ESB Networks and his boss had told him 
that he had to take down the, the speakers that were on the polls on the main street. And those polls are they ESB network polls or? They yes, it would appear they are. Yeah, yeah, they're they're kind of lighting polls and yes, you know, and then they carry electric wires and stuff like that as well. So they're they're their polls, yeah, sure. But they like it's kind of twenty plus years they've been up there. They were put up with in you know you know with consultation with the ESB. They told us where we couldn't couldn't put them, and uh, and we complied with that. It's tried and tested. It's you know it survived all sorts of storms that have done all sorts of damage, but they've, there's been absolutely no harm done to them. But we were told it was a, it was a health and safety risk, and, the, and that was the end of that. It was just, they had to come down. Um, and are know. the speakers up there all year round, or do you just erect them no, near to Christmas? Up, they're kind of put up uh, kind of uh, mid, mid-November. But, uh, like, the music starts 1st of December, and it was just, like, Last last Saturday was was first of December. December. It was you know it was it was just very strange. The town was very busy. Like it was clearly like even even like I think I don't know what what about the, around the county, but for 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 Middleton, it certainly seemed very obvious. Like suddenly the, on the Friday, people were thinking Christmas. You know, activity was up everywhere. Like people were milling around, shopping bags, and so on and so forth, and going with purpose. But the streets were silent, other than kind of the sound of kind of cars and you know stuff like that. You know, yeah, and, and the music strange and disappointing. And the music would create an atmosphere as well for the people working in the shops, but also those shopping, and yeah. it just brings a nice oh, no, atmosphere I, to I, the town. Yeah, personally, like I, I live on the main street, and, and like, uh, like I, I, I spend a huge amount of time on the street, you know, and uh, I loved walking up and down the town and kind of you know listening to the just the Christmas songs or whatever, you know, and like it doesn't it does. Does everybody like it? Maybe not. You know, I mean, like we over the years, I suppose we've we've tried to to accommodate everybody so that making sure that there was no speakers near offices and so on and so forth, uh, you know, or residents or anything like that. And but, uh, DSB yeah. polls you're using there, Fergus. I mean, you've been using them for years. Did it give you a reason? Is it because this, you shouldn't be using the particular DSB oh, polls? Is it because of there was. But is it because like the health and safety reason? Is it the wires or oh, what's no, the reason? The, 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 the guy putting them up now he's he's an electrician, obviously. Mm. Uh, they were saying that he could have been electrocuted and so on. Like, but you know, like he, they, we were told where we could and couldn't put them. You know, uh, you know, they, they could fall down on someone else. But like, they're all public liability things that, that every business in every place deals with. You know, um, and we were just told, you know, that the safety rules have changed and so on. And the, and and you know, it's it's one guy. Apparently, he came into town for a funeral, saw the speakers, and said, "Right, that they're gone." You know, that was it. And can you put the speakers elsewhere? Can you attach them to someone's uh, shop or building, or they, would that be damaging paint workers for, or anything else? Year, put not them? a hope. No, uh, because like I've put lots of thought into this. Like is, there must be some way we can do this because I think it's very important. You know, as like Middleton is a great shopping destination, and and you know, this was just one of the things that kind of made it attractive at Christmas. You know, and uh, it's it's going to be a shame that it's gone. But to move them. As I said, like we had them on poles, certain poles throughout the the street. Uh, there were some that we were that were out of bounds by the ESB. They said, "No, you can't go near this pole or whatever." And then, you know, you don't want to be putting it outside someone's apartment or someone's office, so they can't take phone calls and stuff like that. So, it's you know, it's it's not a simple solution. Uh, so, so if we were to go find somewhere else or to put them on buildings or whatever, first of all, there's a huge expense in, involved in it. It's time-consuming. You have to get someone to do it. But also, then you've got to make sure you're you're doing the, 
the you know walking the tightrope where you're not putting it outside someone's office so they can conduct their business, make their phone calls, do what they want, you know, and th- and that kind of thing. And yes provide a kind of a decent stream of music as you walk up the street. Yeah, now ESB Networks, they haven't backed down on this, but they are saying that they are acutely aware of the efforts being made by local business groups and retailers in what they say are still challenging times for small local businesses. And by way of what has happened, they're glad, they say, to make a contribution to you guys there. Uh, do you feel yeah. that that won't make a difference? Is it too late? Are you um, going to take that contribution well, from the them? the contribution that has been offered won't make a difference. Uh, are you going to like, take it? But it's a token effort. Yeah. It's just so they can say, like that, that's that's kind of done. But you know, that's that's uh, kind of a statement, kind of a you know, just to kind of to to appease you and kind of the press and so on like that. But it doesn't achieve anything. You like, I mean, it's 150 euros. Uh, I I was telling the, one of my customers the, a couple of nights ago. He, he was asking me about it, and uh, I was telling him, and, and he was saying like that it's. You know, 150 euros wouldn't buy insulation tape. He's an electrician, mm. so he laughed, and that's what he said, you know. And he knew. Uh, and are you fearful now? And he should be, because Middleton is a busy place at the moment. I mean, you, you should be doing well with local business down there when you see a lot of the new businesses opening up. You're very near the city now with the new, you know, the, the road infrastructure, people moving out of the city more because of house prices. So Middleton is doing well over the last while. You've a lot of a new population growing there in the area. Yeah. Uh, so it is benefiting from that. But also, you still want to attract new people to shop in the locality rather than yeah. going elsewhere. So... If you're not going to have the music this Christmas, do you feel it could impact on businesses in the area? Or no. are you hopeful it won't? It's bound to affect it into some degree. I mean, like, Middleton, we're lucky. Like, I mean, it's, it's a great trading town. Like, we have a really good cross-section of shops and cafes and restaurants and bars and stuff like that. There's a lot, a lot of reasons to come to Middleton, and people do. And we have a great hinterland around that, that's kind of support us. But, you know, anything at all that kind of, uh, you know, detracts from it it certainly doesn't help it and it's it's inevitably going to make some difference you know like in in, in the greater scheme of things is it the end of the world I suppose no but it's it's just it's very sad for me and and inevitably it, it, it does have some sort of an impact on it on trade you know and you feel there's a void now in the town because the music isn't there as it's, it would have been yeah look I, I I try and take Saturdays off and uh, last Saturday was you know the, the 1st of December and it was just this thing like that. I avoided the streets, which, as I say, I walk up and down the street every single day, many times, you know. Uh, but I went for a walk with my dog, and I came back, uh, you know, and like I tried to get away from the streets as quick as I could because it was it was really annoying me, you know. And the, but as I came back into the town, like it was it was it was, it was it was just after getting dark, the lights were on, and you know there was there was loads of people milling around, loads of people going about their business. But just the, all the only sound you could hear was was the kind of the the, the wheels rolling over uh, a damp road, you know, and it just it's it's not the same. Simple as that. And a few people have ideas on maybe how you can get around this. Uh, Irene, for one, saying, could you, maybe if it wouldn't work for every day, but maybe on a Saturday when a lot of the offices are closed and you might do this maybe only from 11 to 5 or something, uh, could someone not park a car somewhere in Middleton that is in an area where the music could be piped from a car uh, and that would be heard in the main shopping area of Middleton? Is that something you could do or then would oh, you annoy people I mean, in other areas? You know, there's, there's, uh, you know, or you could have it coming out of, out of different businesses but like you know if you have like like you you need to have a spread because you don't want these things too loud because mm. like the, the last thing you want to be going is you know 
uh, walking down the road and you wincing at the at the at the, the, the loud noise because if you want the noise to carry any distance, it, you know, it, it, it has to be loud. So like these were always kind of it was the fine balance of make sure people could hear us, but make sure that you know they could talk to each other as well. You know, and like you can't have one point. You know, and we've looked at kind of trying to get you know. Uh, street musicians in and stuff like that, but that only helps to to a certain degree. And like that, you know, street musicians aren't going to be willing to stay there all day every day either. You know. Okay, so at the moment it looks like you won't have that Christmas music piped no, anyhow no. for this. Christmas. I have asked the, the would like that they like it, one of their their issues was that it would um, that that it was it wasn't an ESB authorized electrician put them up. But, like, there are plenty of ESB authorised electricians, you know, and if they really want to do something, you know, they can. They do it in y'all, apparently, that the, the, the ESB uh, networks put up speakers on in y'all, um, and their local radio uh, broadcast through that. So but if they can they, do it in so, y'all, why can't they so do if, that if in Middleton? If it can be done there, why can't it be done here? All right. Well, I think, you know, like, I, the, the man in, in question... It was perfectly reasonable, but you know he seemed like a nice man. But I, I disagreed with him. Like I, I don't see that it is that huge. I'm not an electrician. I'm not an expert, of course. But I, I, I do think that there, there, there is a solution there, it, and it, it definitely involves ESB networks if they want to be part of it. Well, let us know if that solution does come about. Before I let you go, uh, business in East Cork, we mentioned there a while ago, East Cork really becoming to market itself. A lot of people felt that it had so much to offer that it wasn't marketing itself enough. But in the last year or so, a lot of campaigns have come out to promote East Cork as a tourist destination. Are you noticing that, that you are getting more tourism now in Middleton and oh, that area from 100%. these campaigns? The, the last few years, like, uh, like, like, and I can only suppose talk about my section of it, you know, like which is largely the main street and that, and that kind of a thing. There's a huge increase in in tourism in the area. Um, the distillery is absolutely flying. The heritage centre is absolutely flying. And in the past, the, the, I think visitors to the heritage centre kind of came in on buses and left on buses, and that was that, you know. Whereas uh, now, you you know, you can see the people walking up and down the street. You clearly tourists with cameras taking pictures of uh, the local landmarks and so on and uh, and doing their shopping and coming in with their heritage centre bags and so on. And, like, we're very lucky. It's a, it's a great town. It's a great... I love East Cork and there's so much to offer here. But, you know, you, know, you have to fight for all these things to kind of keep them... And keep things along, going. You know? yeah. And this is one thing that, like... I, I, You're fighting for... Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, you know, I, as I say, I'm born and reared on that street, you know, and uh, and my parents were in business in, uh, before me, you know, and like these are things important to fight for, you know, because you know, my father once told me this, you know, it was very important, to, like that we were only here for a small, short amount of time. We only have a loan of the town, you know, this this um, we 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 need to and want to 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 have it, uh, you know, passed on. You know, in, in a better place than it is now. You know, excuse me, my voice is going. Yeah, and I know the way you're okay, and, and things and things aren't were tough for a number of years. So you want that to continue in Middleton and grow the town for the moment, Fergus. We'll see if the Christmas lights, or sorry, the Christmas music that is, will return uh, to Middleton. Hopefully, it does. Let us know. Keep us updated if things change between now and Christmas. But thank you for joining us this morning, uh, Fergus McCarthy, there from Middleton Chamber. On the way after eleven, we're going live to St Coleman Secondary School in Formoy. We heard from them last week. They're releasing a song for their fellow students 
Reynolds, who was ill at the moment with cancer. Proceeds from this are going to Crumlin's Children's Hospital, where he's receiving treatment, plus other uh, charities as well who are helping cancer in this country and helping to prevent cancer and helping families who have loved ones with cancer. So we're going to hear from St. Coleman Secondary School in Formoy after 11. We heard the song in rehearsals. We're going to hear the song in full after 11 from Formoy. Our reporter Fiona Corcoran is in Formoy this morning for us. And also, are you living in a housing estate that you've purchased your home and you feel, yes, this is your home. You've paid your mortgage, everything going okay. And now, all of a sudden, you receive a letter saying you were owned ground rent that you owe ground rent to a developer that might be gone but their relatives could be still around and they're claiming you owe them ground rent. It's happening in some housing estates. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. This is Cork Today. Cork Today with Patricia Messenger on C103. Cork's greatest hits C103 
Hey, it's Jose Feliciano at C103. Get you in the Christmas mood for this Wednesday morning. Good morning to you. It's John Paul McNamara in for Patricia Messenger right through until one. And you can call Bernie with your comments 1850-333-103 or indeed text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. You can also tweet us this morning at C103 Cork. A lot of reaction to our conversation earlier this morning. This was to do with what Danny Healy Ray said in the doll yesterday with regard to drink driving he felt that the state now was targeting those who were going to church on a Sunday morning by having checkpoints near churches uh, affecting people going to mass or indeed services well a lot of reaction to this you would have heard some of that earlier in the show uh, just a few more comments in on that particular matter first of all a text was saying I agree with Shane Ross regarding drink driving Danny Healy Ray should not condone drink driving there are many families suffering daily on account of it and people want to socialise in the pub if, the, if that's what they want to do well then let them get a taxi or let them be collected. I hope the Guardi will be out in force this particular Christmas, says that texter. Well, another texter is saying, we mentioned various areas where we had got calls from on this issue. One of those was Rathmore. And a texter saying, I have passed the pubs in Rathmore uh, on a few uh, occasions. There will be 10 to 15 cars outside and not one left on a Sunday morning. So not all of them are drinking soft drinks. So come on, says that particular texter. Get real, maybe to Danny Healy Ray. And staying on that particular issue with drink Mary uh, feels that these drink driving decisions are correct but uh, they're taking too much away from rural areas while another Mary in North Cork says that the Gardaí she feels are only targeting Catholic churches and they don't have checkpoints outside other uh, churches so other denomination churches she feels they don't have well on the calls we're getting we are getting calls from both Catholic churches and Church of Ireland saying that there is Garda checkpoints near them on a Sunday morning but uh, maybe Mary you've seen different anyhow uh, let us know your thoughts on what Danny Healy Ray said yesterday in the Dull. Do you agree with him? Or like the majority of people contacting us this morning, they don't agree with him and feel that the Guardi should be out and should be uh, breathalyzing on a Sunday morning. And a lot of texts are saying they're hoping the Guardi will be out in force across the Christmas and doing more of that while Danny Healy Ray feels they're targeting uh, people who are going to Mass or indeed service on a Sunday morning. So your view on that, let us know. 1850-333-103 or indeed text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. Now last week we spoke with music teacher Sarah Barry from Coleman's Secondary School in Formoy. Uh, they were in rehearsals we heard the song while they were in rehearsals last week our reporter Fiona Cochran was there in Formoy last week and they are raising funds uh, they were in rehearsals first of all because they are creating a Christmas CD a Christmas single and yeah, they're raising funds for a number of charities. The main reason, though, they're doing this is because one of their own students has been diagnosed with cancer. So his classmates are releasing a single called Lean On Me and the charities involved that will get and receive the money they're raising for our Crumlin Children's Hospital, Bumbleins, Ronald McDonald House and families affected by cancer. Uh, their aim is to get this to Christmas number one. Fiona is back again in for my this morning. Good morning to you, Fiona. Good morning, JP. How are you? I'm fine. A busy for my there this morning. A lot of excitement in the area and all of this for their students and their friends who they're raising money for and also raising awareness, I suppose, of the disease of cancer. That's right, JP. Um, we're here at St. Colman's College in Formoy and in the background you can probably hear the final countdown because they're just having the final countdown here now to the launch of the single, which they recorded here last week, Lean On Me. And um, I heard a little bit of it as they were 
recording out and it was absolutely brilliant that the students were saying to me here that they've heard the whole finished product and were really blown away by it. Um, now, as you said, the, the whole aim of this is they're trying to get it to number one, so they're looking for as much support as possible, but they're also trying to raise money for a number of charities. Um, there's Bumbleland, uh, Ronald McDonald House, Families of Children with Cancer, and also the Crumlin Children's Hospital. And the reason why they're raising money for the hospital is because one of their classmates here, uh, unfortunately, is being treated for cancer at the minute at the hospital. And I suppose it's raised a huge amount of awareness here amongst the students of cancer and everything that um, that brings. And, you know, they're, they're asking people now to give them some support. Now, I have a student here, one of the guys who has worked on it, uh, Kieran O'Brien, and he's going to talk to you a little bit about what it's been like working on this single. Very good. Thank you, Fiona. And good morning, Kieran. Hey, how are you? I'm fine. Well, you've had a busy few weeks and an emotional few weeks as well, I would imagine, uh, performing this song and rehearsing for this particular song. First of all, what was it like to go in and record a song like this, knowing that this was all uh, for your fellow friends and your fellow student there? Yeah, it was. I suppose, in a way, it was kind of easy to get behind it because we knew we kind of needed to do something to help our friend because he was kind of in need, like he was... He's fighting cancer, so we kind of all got behind it. So it's been fairly, yeah, it's been kind of it's inspirational, really. Like, you know, everyone getting together and pulling together to support them and uh, other charities, I suppose. Yeah, and to raise money and, and do what you're doing is a great thing. Did you ever think, though, that you and your, your friends there would ever be in a recording studio and recording an actual single like this? I mean, I presume you're all into music, so it's something you're passionate about, but to do this was something that was totally new to you guys. Yeah, I suppose. I, I love listening to music, but I never thought I'd be recording one, so it's fairly amazing now seeing the finished product, like, and it's, it sounds it sounds really good and fair, and as I've heard it already. Well, we're going to hear the performance very shortly from from all of you there. And the charities, as Fiona mentioned, they do amazing work over the course of the year and every year for people who are affected by cancer and families affected by cancer also. And your aim, and you would love for this to happen, is to get this particular single to the number one spot this Christmas. So really, you're appealing for everybody to help your fellow students and friends and to get this particular single to the number one spot. Because that's what you want to do, as well as raising money for the charity and raising awareness of somebody at a very young age uh, yeah. getting cancer. Yeah, I suppose the getting it to number one would be amazing, but I suppose getting the funds in for the charities and for the students, our friends, is the most important thing in my opinion. I know and anything else is a bonus, really. Well, well done to you guys. Uh, it's a fantastic performance that you've given. I've heard the actual song. Uh, you, you sent in a copy to us, so I've heard the song. So thank you for that. Best of luck. It's really good. So I hopefully, fingers crossed, everybody, not only in Formoy, but across Cork and across the country, your message is go out and get this particular single. Yeah, that's, that's it really. Just get behind it and support it. And, yeah, and they can goes. buy it and download it, I presume, can they? Yeah, uh, it's on Spotify and you can get it on the Apple store as well and there'll be hard copies available from tomorrow, I think, yeah. Very good. Kieran. thank you for that. Well done and well done to all the team there and indeed your teacher, Sarah Barry, as well. You've done a lot over the last few weeks and it's all for a good cause and all for your friend. I'm sure he'll be very proud of you uh, as you are with him as well of what he's going through. So thank you, Kieran, for chatting to us. Uh, that is Kieran. there, a student at uh, St. Coleman's Secondary School in Fermoy. Fiona Corcoran, our reporter, is still there with us. Fiona, huge excitement. They've just launched the single now there, I think, have they at the moment? 
Hello. Hi, Fiona. Sorry. Hi. I was just saying huge excitement there. They've just launched a single there at the moment, have they? Yeah, yeah. They're actually just about to do it there Are now. They? Um, yeah. So just for people, um, if they want to support it, um, it's going to be available from now um, on iTunes. It's 99 cents to buy it. And um, they can get the link to that um, at the iFund page. There's an iFund raising page as well. And all those links are available on the school social media. Now, they have a Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And it's all Coleman standing together, C-O-L-M-A-N-S standing together, all one word. And, um, you know, if anybody wants to support us in that way, they can. And if they're not online, if they're not on um, online, they can go into, there's going to be a number of outlets in Formoy selling uh, the CD and they'll be able to go and buy it there as well. So, um, yeah, there's huge excitement here. I mean, I was speaking there to uh, the principal, Veronica O'Donoghue, and some of the staff here as well, and they said that, you know, over the last couple of weeks, the boys have been rehearsing, but they've also been doing all of their normal schoolwork here as well, and they've been involved in many other projects. So, um, they were, and they've been doing Christmas exams as well. So there's been a lot of all in. here. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're, 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 the staff are very, very proud of the, the achievement that they've that they've made here at the school. Um, you know, it's uh, it's great that you know that they've been able to put this single together. And there's a video, I believe, as well. And um, you know, they've been getting a huge amount of support. I believe um, some of the some the funding sports stars who've pledged their support for it. Um, Michal Martin, I think, has also pledged his support. Uh, we actually put um, a video. I came over here last week and recorded a little video of them when they were doing the recording and we put it up on our social media and it got a huge reaction and the school were saying that they've been inundated with calls from people trying to, um, you know, where know where they're going to get. So hopefully they do really well and it would be great to see a Cork school get to Christmas number one this year. It would be great. So we're encouraging everybody to go and purchase this particular single, whether you get it on hard copy or indeed, as you mentioned there, Fiona, iTunes and as Kiran mentioned on Spotify as well. Mm-hmm. And the big thing here, getting it to number one, raising money for those charities and raising awareness as well. I, as you said, exciting there what's going on in Fermoy at the moment, but I'm sure deep down everybody, an emotional side of it there as well, Fiona, because of that young lad. And, you know, we always hear about cancer, but we never associate cancer with children, especially teenagers. That's right, and he's uh, he was sixteen last week. This young fella, and um, you know, he was. They were saying to me here, some of his friends, that you know, he was very active. They were playing football together, rugby, doing you know all the normal stuff that teenage boys would do. And then all of a sudden, he was sick, and he just wasn't there anymore. And he was being treated in hospital. And I think it was a, a huge wake up call for them that you know these things can happen. And I suppose when you're younger, you always think of these things happening to older people, but. Um, it's been um, um, it's a, it's been a real eye opener here for them. But I, I think um, I was talking to the staff today, and they said that the boy is very very sick. But um, they're hoping that he will make a full recovery and he'll be back back in business here at the school um, next year. So um, you know they're all rooting for him, and they've all re- they actually when I was talking to them last week, some of the boys recorded uh, some little messages for him, hoping that he would make a quick recovery. And actually, as we're talking about childhood cancer, uh, JP, the Bumbleance Ambulance is here, and um, the you know as I said, one of the major charities is the Crumlin's Children's Hospital. And um, there's a little boy here today now um, who's uh, an ambassador for the hospital. It's Tom Tom Cahill, and he um, he's from East Cork, and he actually received uh, an award for bravery. Um, it was the Children's Courage Award last week in, in Limerick, and he he's only three. Um, nearly four I think he's turning four this month but he's had cancer twice in his short lifetime and um, 
you know, we spoke uh, about two weeks ago to his mother and Shepola Cahill and she spoke about how difficult it has been on family and on him. And, uh, you know, it's just, again, highlighting childhood cancer and how hard it is for the children, but for their family and for their friends. And, you know, it's really, um, you know, as you were saying, there's a lot of excitement here about releasing a single, but there is that sad side to it as well, that, you know, there are so many children in hospitals around the country and, um, you know, who are who are very, very sick. And I suppose at Christmas time as well, it kind of really brings it home that, you know, it's a very difficult time for families who are going through that kind of thing at the minute. Yeah, well, we wish uh, the family of that young lad the very best of luck. We wish him as well the very best we're of luck. We're doing the countdown here. Do you want oh, to are hear? They? Yeah, we'll hear the countdown. Go for it, yeah. We are, they've just released. Well, well done to everybody live there from Fermoy, uh, St. Coleman's Secondary School, releasing that particular single, okay, Lean On Me, just been released. <laughs> we just heard that, Fiona. Thank you for that. And again, our, our best wishes. I'm sure that young lad, with all that support behind him, and I know it's very tough what he's going through and the treatment and all of that, but I, I'm sure with all the work that's going on there in the school and seeing his friends, his students, the guys that he sits next to every single day for five days a week, and I'm sure outside of that they meet up and all of that kind of thing, uh, to see that happening is a big boost for him and will be part of his recovery, hopefully. That's right, yeah, yeah. And um, they're actually all just getting together here now and they're going to sing the song. So uh, Very good, so we're going to hear that. And Fiona, thank you for that and enjoy the performance there. That is our reporter Fiona Corcoran joining us live there uh, from St. Coleman's Secondary School in Formoy. Again, you can get that particular single on iTunes or indeed you can get it on Spotify and you can get hard copies as well on CD. They will be available in and around the Formoy area from tomorrow onwards. It's Lean On Me uh, by the students of St. Coleman's Secondary School in Fermoy, of course raising awareness and raising funds uh, this is because of their uh, students uh, and friends who was going through cancer at the moment and the four amazing charities are Crumlin Children's Hospital Bumbleland's Ronald McDonald House and Families Affected by Cancer so they're ready to go there now they, as you heard in that countdown from Fiona just uh, have launched the actual single and here they are now in Fermoy singing Lean On Me in our lives we all have pain we all have sorrow but if we are wise we know that there's always tomorrow lean on me when you're not strong and I'll be your friend I'll help you carry on for It won't be long Till I'm gonna need Somebody to lean on Somebody 
A great performance that is well done to everybody there at St. Coleman's College in Formoy. Yeah, that's it. Lean on me. And a great, I must say, really good singers they are, aren't they? And really professionally sung by them all and everybody playing the music in the background as well. Very well done to everybody there. Again, raising funds for four amazing charities, Crumlin's Children's Hospital of Bumbleland's, Ronald McDonald House and Families Affected by Cancer. It's called Lean on Me. You can get it on iTunes, Spotify or on hard copy on CD. You'll find that in and around for my or if you want more info, you can contact the school there as well. Uh, that is Coleman's College in Fermoy. But well done to everybody there. I just think that's a really powerful and just a different performance of that particular song. There's been a lot of variations of that song over the years, but that is a real good one and sung locally here in Fermoy. Well done to everybody. And our thanks again to our own reporter, Fiona Corcoran, live there from the school and bringing us all of the action over the last while. Again, they are raising funds because of one of their own students, colleagues, uh, friends is at the moment going through the battle with cancer. A young guy only 16. Uh, he's in at the moment for treatments in Crumlin's Hospital, Children's Hospital in Dublin uh, and the battle is ongoing for him. They're hoping though that he will be back next year to the school and I think when he sees what his friends are doing, I know they've sent him some of the recordings to his own phone but I'm sure uh, when he sees it on, on social media he hears about it on radio and he hears the particular song and he just gets the feeling from Formoy of what they are doing for him that will boost him on his road to recovery so well done again there to everybody in Formoy and you'll be hearing that song I'm sure a lot over the next course of a few weeks here on C103 as well but if you can support them their aim is to bring this song to Christmas number one so they want it in the number one charts for Christmas here in Ireland so if we can 
achieve that it would be just fantastic along with raising funds for those particular charities I mentioned but if you can go out iTunes, Spotify and indeed in the shops in Formoy purchase that make it Christmas number one it will be a huge achievement for that particular school in Formoy and indeed for that young lad himself and his family 1850-333-103 lines open you can text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103 later on in the show Rod Stewart he plays Parky Cueve next year to be exact it's May 25th it's a Saturday and tickets are selling for this fast but uh, do you want to go? Are you a big fan of Rod Stewart? Well if you are a big fan of Rod Stewart well then hopefully between now and one I'm going to play a clip of a Rod Stewart song if you can identify the particular song then you win your way to Rod Stewart live at Parky Cueve next year listen out between now and one I will have a pair of tickets to give away for Rod Stewart at Parky Cueve with thanks to Acom Promotions now over the last few weeks we've been discussing uh, instances I suppose you could say um, problems in certain areas of Mid-Cork and they were all caused by a raccoon. We knew a raccoon was caught in McCroom and we had reports there was raccoons in and around the Carrigadrod, Canavy, Coachford areas and because the in McCroom situation, anyhow, that was caught, people presumed that the raccoons were gone but we knew that they weren't gone because just because one raccoon was caught doesn't mean they're all gone away. So we got a few calls again in the last few days about raccoons and one person has verified that yes, even though they might be gone from a crew, the raccoons are still in and around Carrigadrod, Canavy and the Coachford areas and residents in Carrigadrod have spotted them again in and around their garages and scaring animals in the area. So if you thought the raccoons were gone from Midcork, no, they are still around as people in the area were going to think they were anyhow. Just because one was gone doesn't mean the rest of them were going to be gone and there were more so in the more rural areas outside McCroom than the town itself uh, so for the update on the raccoons they're still in around Midcork in Carrigadrohid the latest sighting of a raccoon and still causing havoc in that area just back to calls and comments briefly uh, this is on Danny Healy Ray and what he said uh, regarding drink driving and he feels that guarded checkpoints near churches are targeting those who go to church on a Sunday morning People not agreeing with him, but some people do agree with his sentiments and what he is saying, but no one is agreeing with the drink driving situation and they feel that the Guardi are right to be out checking and breathalyzing on any morning to catch those who were drink driving. The majority of callers are saying if you're out the night before, well then don't drink and drive. Simple, do not drink if you know you're going to be driving early the next morning. Alan Cantruck though has a bit of a different view saying speeding she feels is more of a danger than drink driving she goes people on their phones while driving people on their mobile phones swiping up and down and checking their Facebook or Twitter feeds that's more dangerous Anne only lives three miles to her particular town and she sees some very bad manners on the roads with no consideration for other drivers she feels that's also something the Gardaí need to be tackling and I think a lot of people would agree with you Anne on those on their mobile phones especially if you happen to be stuck in traffic or if you're on a a road where there's slow moving traffic you will see people looking down the whole time and yeah they're not looking down at the gear stick or looking down at the accelerator pedal they're looking down at your phone and the other time people will have the phone in front of them you you will see them either texting or swiping or doing something with the phone in front of them in their hand they're not even disguising it or hiding the fact they're on their phone so uh, yeah as many people say drink driving shouldn't be happening but also if they're targeting this 
target those who were on their phones and speed as well uh, feels an incantork. Your calls are welcome on that 1850 333 or indeed text or WhatsApp 086 2103 103. More calls coming in. We'll get to those shortly. C103 Jobs. And on today's job spot, we have opportunities for a person wanted for housekeeping in the Bohorbui area for cleaning, laundry and meal preparation. Contact 086-871-2329. Horizon Roofing are looking for an experienced roofers and labourers for an immediate start. Contact 021-477-8201 or email info at horizon.eu. An Araglen house in Bohorbui require a kitchen assistant and housekeeper. Must be flexible with good English. Previous experience is an advantage contact 029 76771 for further information you'll find these jobs and more now online just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs estates across Cork have been taken over by the council over the last number of years but there still could be a claim from the developers who maybe built the estates or their relatives when it comes to land ownership it's something that has been an issue in parts of Cork over the last number of years and still remains an issue councillor Kevin Conway joins me on this good morning Morning to you, Kevin. Good morning. Uh, Kevin, thanks for joining us. First of all, this issue, it arose before in a particular town and the residents of an estate had quite some time to prove uh, the land ownership to the legal side of things and they had to go and jump through hoops to do that. In the meantime, uh, they were being asked basically to pay rent for the land their house was on. Uh, is this something that is basically so still going on and it's more or less, it seems to be housing estates, is it from the 70s and 80s? Yes, particularly the 70s. And um, now, like yourself, I thought this problem had been resolved many years ago, to be honest. Um, obviously, modern estates are not affected by this regulation. But it would seem that any, any estate that had a green area in particular, um, the green area was left registered in the name of the builders. And <clears throat> while I was doing investigations for another reason completely on um, estates in the Blaney McCroom area, I just discovered this. But subsequent into that, I actually came across estates outside the Blaney McCroom area within the county that where um, ground rents are being demanded on some of the estates even to this day. And while they're not being paid, uh, there's a legal process in, in train on some of these estates. Now, along with that, my fear is that if these green areas are not in council ownership, then have we got a legal right to go in, we'll say, to cut trees on, on the, the, the green areas or to do work, we'll say, on mains that might be running under the green areas. And there's an awful lot of implications there for Cork County Council and indeed for their agents. For instance, the thing that comes to mind is Irish Water, which is a relatively new setup. Would they be would they be allowed access into these particular green areas if there was a problem? So, and that's only one section of the whole thing, but there's, there's many implications involved in this. Now, to be fair, I should say I've only discovered this lately and I bought it up under any other business at the last full council meeting. I had already bought it up two days before that or three days before that at the Blandy McCroom area meeting. And to be fair to the chief executive, he said he would revert to us with information on this because he didn't have it directly at hand, naturally enough, because there's any other business. And I'm hoping that the next development meeting, which is to take place um in a week's time in Cork County Council will have some information on this. But I would have serious reservations about anybody being charged ground rent at this stage um, for any land at any time because this was associated with landlords, as you may know, down through the years. 
and as I say I thought all this was rectified by now Because you would presume if the council took over the actual running of the estate that everything would have been included in that and obviously it's not when it comes to green areas so how did it how did the green area get left behind was it a mistake was it a legal loophole how did that actually well, happen to get to this stage I mean I would have thought that if there's only one or two but it appears there's, there's many estates where this is the case so obviously it was part of the um, procedure at the time and I, I did gather uh, off the record speaking to another man in Cork County Council since I brought it up that they may have right of ways into the green areas alright but that's as much as they have but what I'd be looking for here now is for all those green areas to be taken in charge with the estates that they belong to by Cork County Council so that don't see the other problem here is a lot of these estates now are going to be transferred to the City Council under the new legislation that's going through Darlene at the moment so, I mean, like, I don't know how they're going to deal with all this. I mean, the transfer of, of lands at the moment, as it is, is complicated, very complicated. But to have this problem now associated with, with all this land as well is going to cause major, major upheaval unless we get it sorted out. And the easy way to do that, as far as I know, is to take the lands associated with the estates into um, uh, in under council ownership, the same as it did with the estates. But certainly to answer your question, it would seem to have been the standard procedure in the 70s that the green area stayed outside the estates. They just took on board the estates themselves. And you mentioned their right of way and right of access, which is always a huge issue when it comes to people purchasing or selling a home. Uh, we've heard over the past from residents who have been forced to pay what is called ground rent, whereby they have their mortgage. Some have paid their mortgage off. Uh, they're in their home for 30, 40 years. Right. They, they felt like they were on their own land. But it seems, as you mentioned there, either access to their home wasn't actually owned by the council or them. Or what happens still is the house their land is on is still owned and on paper is owned by a developer or their relatives are coming after them and they're making them pay ground rent or making them pay something uh, for them and living on their particular land. Is that something that could be, uh, could we still claiming to happen in the next few years here in Cork? I'm certainly aware of one estate since I brought this subject up. I'm, I'm aware of one estate in Cork where that exact thing is happening, where there's a demand through um, solicitors for ground rent in an estate that was built in the 70s. Now, as I say, the residents are not actually there. They're um, demanding that the um, the ground rents be abolished in this particular estate. They're not paying it, but uh, on a continuous basis, I believe they're receiving a legal request for money for the ground rent. So that's, again, only one estate, and I say I haven't explored it. I mean, I, I explored it in the Blandley McComb area, as I said to you, but I have no doubt that this happened all over the county and all over the city. Yeah, so, I know before, Kevin, that's in, in a particular estate or street whereby, I'm not sure what town it was, but the residents came together like that. They didn't pay it, but in the end, they had to. The legal letters kept coming and legally, there was no other way out to stop the legal letters coming and to stop this from continuing on. They had to give some financial contribution to the developer's relatives and that's the only way it would actually end for them. Well, you see, right, that may be the case. But you see, the other thing here is that I would have a fear, right, that a lot of developers' relatives don't even know that their name is attached to some of these estates. <clears throat> because a couple of them I looked at, um, I would have known the original developers myself, and they have passed on. And I, I would think, and I would know some of the families of those people, and I, I don't believe that they're aware of all this either. So there's a huge can of worms could be opened here. <clears throat> and you <clears throat> might note that I'm not naming any place because 
I, I would have a fear of the can of worms being opened. I think we yeah. need to rectify it in, in Cork County Council as soon as possible. And as I say, I'm awaiting a reply from the Chief Executive <coughs> on that and the implications and the legal implications of it as well. And interesting there you mentioned people might actually own land they're not aware if a developer has passed on and their relatives now are supposed to be in charge of that land they're unaware of that could it work the other way so if something happened in the estate if work was needed to be done if someone fell or something or a claim was put in that they those that own that particular land if they're if some of them are coming after those living in the particular estates that also it could go back on them if someone was making yeah, a claim they, if something was wrong easily, it's their responsibility yeah they could very easily be liable you're, you're 100% right there so there's, there's two sides to the scenario and that's why to me it's essential that it be sorted out and be sorted out as quickly as possible before uh, there is a claim of some kind because <clears throat> obviously you've two angles here you've probably the people in the estates who don't realise that the green area that they're playing on every day of the week is not actually belong to them or it's not belong to Cork County Council, and they fairly enough make the assumption that because Cork County Council are doing maintenance in the estates, that it is part of the council um, scenario. But it's, it's, I mean, I've seen this in black and white in the last few weeks, and I know for definite that there are estates, and as I say, I've only done a small a bit of investigation on this myself, um, because I was looking at maintenance in estates, actually, when I discovered this. So um, I, I've no doubt that these estates are, and, and there was, as you know, most of the estates in County Cork were built in the 70s and 80s. They certainly weren't built since then, so there could be an awful lot of them that, that are under that kind of scenario. And it would worry me, I'd, I'd put it this way, I'd have major concern about it, unless we can get a legal way around this, and that it doesn't open, as I say, it doesn't open a, a major can, can of worms for either the council, the residents of the estates or the, the builders themselves that built the um, estates in the first place. And how, for a, a council point of view, how can you get around this? Because if there's a lot of legal argument in this, you will have the developers, maybe not all of them, some might see sense and might see what you are doing. Some others might feel there's money to be made here. And you know people change, Kevin, when there's money involved. And if they feel they can make a quick buck on this, well, then they will try and do that and they'll have their legal team working on that. So yeah. how can the council get around this? Will the council be forced to pay out to these particular developers? Like what we've heard from others before, residents coming together, having to raise money to pay uh, developers to get out of ground rents. Is that something you can see? And some would say that's well, a waste of money then from the council point it, of view. It is. And you see... As you rightly say, this may have to be dealt with on a case-by-case basis. Um, because there will be people who will obviously see the possibility of making money out of this. Which is the unfortunate thing about it. I'm, you know, I'm kind of surprised that it has taken this long that no one has brought this to the fore, you know, before now. And um, when people were buying their houses, Kevin, was it ever in a document or was, or were things just done differently then when it came to right of access? Was it just down as the council or the person that owned it? Did anybody's name ever come into it no, apart from the developer? Didn't. Or was it hard and to I prove, I suppose? Why, because most of the people that bought these houses, the um, estates would not have been taken in charge by the council even when they bought them. Yeah, that would have happened later down and the line. And that would be the standard procedure even today. Yeah. I mean, a lot of these houses are built and the estates might be taken into... Um, into council ownership for three, four, five, maybe ten years in some cases. Yeah. Um, so, you see, they would never have investigated that possibility, naturally enough. And as I say, by the very fact that there was maintenance being done in the estates on footpaths and lighting and green areas and everything else, the assumption would be rightly made that uh, the council had charge of the whole situation. And, and I can tell you, like, as long as I'm around, um, it would never have dawned on me 
that it would be other than that until, as I say, I went investigating and found this in black and white and it shocked me, to be quite honest about it. Yeah, it um, is shocking and it's worrying as well for people who were in that situation and, and some feel, because I know we have dealt with this in a, in a case by case, as you mentioned earlier, uh, earlier on in, not not this year, but it would have been last year whereby we had a group of residents onto us and they were being forced to pay ground rent and as I said, they came together. But it's happening in other areas as well and the worry is for people who bought the houses, Kevin, in the 70s, you know, a lot of these people now themselves are in their 60s and 70s correct. and if you get a legal letter, you're going to get very worried and you feel like you have to deal with this now they don't want that hanging over their heads younger people mightn't care too much but you know older people will be more worried about getting Absolutely. a solicitor's letter and they're more willing to pay up the costs and, and pay whatever they're being told to pay which is wrong as well because you know that they bought everything in good faith and, and this shouldn't be happening so it's going to take a while you reckon anyway to sort all of this out well, I mean, definitely, and uh, what you're saying there is 100% right, by the way, but the elderly people particularly are going to be majorly affected by it. But it is obviously, as I say, look, there may be people inside in Cork County Council that know a hell of a lot more about this, I hope that they do, than I do. But um, and, and that there is a, some kind of a reasonable solution to this. But you, I think you are right, I, I can see residents having to buy out the land ownership um, underneath their houses, in some cases. Which is because awful to think they have to do that. Well, oh yeah, absolutely. And and if we see, again, there's another one of these messes that, that occurred way back um, in, in, in the times that it was. Um, why people didn't see the possibility or potential of this happening is beyond me uh, at the particular time. I mean, I've always lived in a rural area, so it wouldn't have affected me. Do you know what I mean? <clears throat> but um, I'm, I'm amazed, like when you consider, say, the Blarney McCroom area, for instance, all the estates that are in both of those areas and in between, there's a lot of houses involved here. Do you know what I mean? And I'm just, I'm amazed that somebody hasn't brought this to the fore before now because, uh, as I say, this, this assumption has been made that they were all in council ownership. And we're learning now that they're they're not all in council ownership in some no. parts of the market. Anyhow, well, Kevin, we'll, we'll wait and see what happens. It is going to be a legal challenge for whoever's going to end up dealing with this. And maybe the council have some way of looking around and dealing with this or coming to some type of agreement. But with legal, as you know, if it's in black and white and paper somewhere, that's what the solicitors will go by. And it's very, very hard to change that. We'll see what becomes of this uh, story, Kevin, for the moment. Yeah. Thanks for joining us this morning on this. That's Councillor Kevin Conway from the Blarney Croom District area. Your views on that? Maybe you have been affected by this. I know before, I think it was last year, maybe the year before, we had calls from people living on a street or in a housing estate that got letters, like Kevin was saying, legal letters, uh, demanding them to pay a certain amount because the house that they were living in, the ground, even though they had paid their mortgage, they thought they owned the ground. The ground was actually owned uh, by the previous developer and their relatives of the developer were coming in and they wanted their money for you living on their piece of land, basically. And because residents got worried, uh, they came together, they ignored the letters for a while, then they tried and, and got a solicitor themselves and they did try and fight it. But in the end, they had to pay the ground rent and they came together and they came to some type of arrangement anyway and paid over whatever the price was. Uh, but it's something that has been investigated more now and it seems more estates, not only a few four or five houses, which is what we had the last time this came up. This is actual housing estates are uh, being affected by this. Uh, lines open on your comments 1850 Do you think you could be affected or what do you make of the whole scenario that this was let to happen in the first place? Text or WhatsApp 86 You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. This is Cork Today. 
with Patricia Messenger on C103. Cork's greatest hits, C103. Bells will be ringing the glad, glad news. Oh, what a Christmas to hear the blues. My baby. Bon Jovi on C103 Wednesday afternoon and lines are open 1850-333-103 Bernie takes your calls and comments and indeed you can always text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103 you can tweet as well this afternoon at C103 Cork still to come are your gardening questions are welcome because Peter Doddle the Irish gardener he is along just after 12.30 any questions for Peter get them into us 1850-333-103 Bernie will take those questions if you have planning issues as well for your garden for next year maybe it's too wet now to do anything in the garden for you but if you want to plan ahead any questions for Peter as well he'll bring them and answer them at just after 12.30 you can text or WhatsApp those questions 0862 103 103 a lot of comments to catch up on from earlier on in the morning first of all something that we did mention on the show and was on news as well earlier this week and this was when the Health Minister Simon Harris came to Bantry General Hospital on Monday and was announcing new services there at Bantry he did, I 
I must ask about the cataract service. As we know, there is a, a cataract bus, as it's known as, travelling from Bantry to Belfast each and every week, if not every month. And they are bringing patients. I started out just uh, for patients in the West Cork, South Kerry area. And then it expanded because we were talking about it here. It was picked up on, on the papers. It expanded from what was just people in those areas to people right across Cork and in the end then because it was so successful and there was such a demand basically from people who were in pain who wanted to see who wanted to have a cataract operation carried out they then organised similar in County Limerick so it did really expand from what was a local uh, service for those in Bantry to West Cork South Kerry to across Cork to across Limerick it did expand and because of that then he was asked at the hospital about including a cataract service in Bantry. Now he did mention it's something that they might be able to do or maybe look into but anyhow uh, Frank has a different opinion on this. He feels the Minister for Health uh, does he have any clue is what Frank is saying what he is talking about when he came to Bantry. Uh, now he didn't promise a cataract service uh, in the audio I heard myself but uh, Frank saying he mentioned about the cataract service in Bantry uh, but the Junior Minister Jim Daly even said at the time that they could not do this because they don't have an operating theatre free to do cataract operations so it seems that they did not know what they were doing when they came to Bantry so how can we trust them Frank raising the question that the health minister was saying one thing when indeed uh, the junior minister had said another thing uh, now I'm not too sure if Simon Harris uh, went fully to say he was bringing a cataract service into Bantry I think what he was saying was he would like one to be put in Bantry but obviously it is known that because of the level of operations and the waiting list here in Cork they would and they would need because it's busy enough with the theatre they have they would need a second theatre there in Bantry Hospital if they were to do that uh, Frank thank you for your call 1850 and back to the issue of drink driving Danny Healy Ray was speaking in the Dáil yesterday afternoon he raised the issue of drink driving and basically look, instead of me explaining it I'll play it again I played it at the start of the show we got a big reaction to this the majority of people disagreeing with Danny Healy Ray and they feel that where he is right when it comes to rural Ireland and the issues that are affecting rural Ireland he is wrong to feel that people can go into a bar take a drink and then drive home people agreeing as well with the checkpoints and a lot of people are saying they hope there's more Garda checkpoints this year uh, to discourage people from drink driving that's the majority of the calls and texts we're getting this morning uh, from listeners here is what Danny Healy Ray mentioned yesterday evening in the Dáil if you missed it earlier and I want to know Taoiseach is it yourself the Minister for Justice or Minister for Ross is ordering all the checkpoints People are check going to mass, they're check coming from mass. And I don't I'm not blaming the Gardi, or indeed I'm not blaming individual superintendents, because it's across different divisions, it's across country county boundaries. And is it a way that he wants to close the churches now as well as the post offices? Emotionally, emotionally everything else closes, but he wants to close the churches as well in, in, in rural Ireland. Many people are very angry and upset what has happened. They, are, they feel they are let down, that they can't move, they are isolated, bars are empty, more are closing like wildfire, shops and restaurants beside them are closing also. For many, two points was their only social outlet to talk about farming, work, football, or to inquire about the health of neighbours or relatives that live maybe far away from them. 
the 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 only usual conversation and uh, uh, the 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 culture of the of the rural people is being blown to smithereens and 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 it it was here at your behest trying to satisfy Minister Ross. So what do you make? Do you agree with Danny Healy Ray or like the majority of callers disagree with Danny Healy Ray? A lot of this came from calls we were getting earlier on in the month uh, when we were discussing drink driving, even indeed again yesterday when we were discussing the issue of drink driving to do with people who felt that they were, when they were going to Mass the next morning on a Sunday morning uh, and we were getting calls from Duhallow and the Rathmore area on the Corkerry border that there was guarded checkpoints and they were located near the church. Now some people were not out the night before but just don't like meeting Gardy at a checkpoint, they said, and wouldn't be in favour of them breathalysing outside the church. And obviously the calls we were getting were calls as well that they were hearing in on the Kerry side of the Rathmore border. And that's where that was particularly raised in, in the Dáil yesterday with Danny Healy Ray. Are your views on that? Is he right? Is he wrong? And again, people who are saying they're afraid of being breathalyzed. A lot of listeners saying, well, if you weren't on the night before, if you don't drink, well, you've nothing to be afraid of. Uh, your views are welcome on that. 1850-333-103. Text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. A listener who isn't carried though, tuned to us, is saying, what is Danny Healy Ray saying? It's just appalling. This is not what we want from our politicians. There are way more pressing issues for them to be dealing with without dealing with these issues. Uh, Mike saying, I don't agree with Danny Healy Ray. I do agree though that bars in rural areas have become a lot quieter since the new rules came in uh, but something then needs to be organised for people living in those areas. Why not organise more taxis? Uh, people are crying out for jobs in certain areas of rural Ireland. Maybe if they set up a taxi firm running late at night would that create jobs or would there be enough then uh, people in a bar to bring home? Is it just a select few go and drink and drive in each and every rural area says Mike while Tommy's saying I was at a function recently and it was on a Sunday night usually the bar would be packed but the bar was very empty everybody was enjoying the night so it didn't take from that but it was interesting Tommy says to see the level of people at the bar the difference there was no queuing because obviously enough people were not drinking and they were conscious of going to work the next morning so this is having an impact and a lot of people on text saying it's a positive impact and they are delighted this is happening because they feel there have been too many deaths and too many families' lives destroyed by drink driving. Our viewers are welcome on that. 1850-333-103. Or, or do you agree with what Danny is saying? Some people in the earlier part of the show did agree with what he was saying. Not on the drink driving fact, but agree that there is a lot of people out there who feel now that they can't have one or two drinks. They're not going to the pub. They're not mingling with their friends, with their neighbours and that they're in a situation that are going to create loneliness for themselves by not mingling with others in the community. But, you know, I'm sure other people out there would say, we'll take up a hobby or do something else. It's not all about the bar. Uh, Johnny on text saying, it's a sad state of affairs here in Ireland these days that the man who would sit at the bar with one point cannot happen anymore. Where is our country going? While Maureen saying, I totally agree with the Gardaí. They should be out breathalyzing in the morning. That will deter people then from drinking late into the night. Pubs will close on time and it will get rid of that awful drink culture, hopefully, that we have had in this country. 1850 
103-103 lines open on St. Coleman's Secondary School in Fermoy. We were there earlier in the last hour live from Fermoy. Our reporter Fiona Cochran brought us the release of their single Lean On Me. Uh, they're releasing this particular single because one of their classmates has been diagnosed with cancer. He's battling cancer at the moment at the Crumlin Children's Hospital in Dublin and they're raising funds for that particular hospital, also for Bumbleland's, for Roland MacDonald's house and indeed for families affected by cancer. Their aim is to raise as much money as they can for these charities but also they would love for that particular song to make it to the Christmas number one spot. Now we heard them performing it uh, from the actual college uh, earlier on in the show it's a fantastic version of Lead On Me. There's been so many versions done over the last number of years. This is a really great version. Some great singers there at St. Coleman's College in Fermoy. So well done to all. Maybe you're listening. Maybe your son was involved in that. Well, well done if you have someone involved in the production of that particular song in Fermoy. A lot of people uh, saying take a bow. Eileen in Newmarket saying well done to all at St. Coleman's. Best of luck to them. A speedy recovery to their friends. While Maura is saying if you two had a large collaboration of Ireland's greatest singers and had done that song the whole country would be amazed these are school children and they are just amazing they're really talented kids fair play to them they deserve number one says Maura on text to 0862103103 and indeed Maura they do deserve number one fantastic song you will hear it again I'm sure over the course of the next few weeks on C103 we will play it here as well on this particular show if you missed it uh, earlier on when they were performing that from the college in Fermoy we are going to discuss, discuss gift vouchers on the show not today we won't get to it today now busy show today but we will get to it tomorrow Dermot Jewell will be joining us from the Consumer Association and one of the issues was that the gift vouchers we're going to discuss they were due every voucher you were getting gift card or voucher a new legislation was being brought in that they all would be valid for five years but now the big companies have come along and they've got a legal challenge on that so uh, that new ruling that many hoped would be in by the end of this year it won't now be in for Christmas and it looks like it won't be in for the first part of 2019 no one knows really when it will be in at this stage it was really securing that if you had a voucher you forgot to use it it was going to be valid for five years also if you got a gift card that after a year the value of the gift card would not decrease anyhow we'll have more than that tomorrow but Sandy making one point on this is why not boycott those companies who are at the moment trying to change and trying to stop this legislation coming into place give a postal order instead or something safe the consumer has to realise by boycotting and people who make these decisions it's the only way they will listen no one will listen to the government they are easily swayed and in my opinion I dare to say bought by employment these big companies are supposedly giving in our country says Sandy on uh, text 086210 now we've a lot of emails into the show as well on various issues we'll get to those shortly but Rod Stewart he is playing Parky Cueve next year Saturday May 25th it's a big year by the way for concerts in Cork and this is one of the biggest and largest concerts from Rod Stewart in Parky Cueve I have a pair of tickets now to give away for Rod Stewart if you are a fan do you want to go along and see him in Parky Cueve next year well if you are a fan you're bound to know one of his hits or all of his hits. So you have to guess what this particular song is. (laughs) 
do you know it? Well, if you do, call our 10 now to Bernie, 1850-333-103. You could be winning your way to see Rod Stewart in Parky Cueve next May 25th. It's a Saturday if you can identify that song. The C103 Cork Diary. With Cork County Council. Supporting businesses, supporting communities, serving Cork. Visit corkcoco.ie. Kilavon Community Council, they are advising people that due to a bereavement in the community, this week's senior citizen party has been postponed until the new year. The annual cookery demonstration with Hazel Burke, that's going to be held tonight in the Castle Magnar Community Centre at 8 o'clock. Refreshments will be served on arrival. Tickets are 10 euros and are available at the door. The monthly mass in honour of St. Pio will be held in St. Joseph's Church in Lismire and that's going ahead this evening at 8 o'clock. Adam Cara, the organisation that supports bereaved parents they will hold their monthly parents evening at 7.30 tonight and that's going ahead in the Clayton Hotel in Silver Springs and Copine Historical Society they are presenting an illustrated lecture by Gerald Butler entitled Lighthouses on the Southwest Coast of Ireland it's going ahead tonight at 8.30 in Uncopine and non-members are welcome and bingo is on tonight at 8 o'clock in the Adele Quinn Hall in Kenturk that's a raffle for great prizes every Wednesday night up to Christmas there at their bingo in Kenturk and the Cope Foundation in Mallow they're holding a craft fair and coffee morning that is going ahead tomorrow morning from 10am to 1.30pm it's at their workshop in Quartertown near Mallow raffle also there with some great prizes so everybody is welcome to go along there to Cope Foundation in Mallow tomorrow for their craft fair and coffee morning from 10am at their workshop in Quartertown near Mallow and well done to Bridget O'Callaghan from Woodview Drive in Mallow. Bridget, you are heading along to see Rod Stewart next year. You are our winner. Do you think is the name of the song? Do you think I'm sexy was the name of the song from Rod Stewart? Big Kitty had. So well done to you. Uh, going along May 25th to see Rod Stewart in Parky Cueve. We'd have more ways to win across the week here on Cork Today for your chance to see Rod Stewart playing Parky Cueve next year. By the way, uh, we've gotten a few calls in from people. We mentioned this earlier as well in the Fremont area. There is no water there at the moment because there's a bus water main and that will be restored at around 6 o'clock this evening. It is affecting areas in Fremont but also in Jemina, Carroll, Milford and parts of Churchtown and surrounding areas. So if you have no water there, that is the reason bus water main and that will be due to be restored anyhow in those areas at around 6 o'clock this evening. Now, earlier this week we did hear the news of a plastics factory getting to go ahead uh, in Poundlick near Skibbereen and there is a lot of reaction to this on Monday when we broke the story and again because of this there is a public meeting going ahead and those involved are holding a public meeting in the West Cork Hotel on a Thursday December 13th at 8 o'clock they'll be announcing their next steps in their campaign uh, regarding this particular plastics factory since the on board Panola that is has ruled in favour of granting permission for that so the next steps will be announced at that particular meeting at the West Cork Hotel in the on December 13th it's a Thursday night at 8 o'clock there and also last week we had a lot of people on to us because um, first of all two people were on to us one uh, looking for Christmas candle holders and another person looking for a Christmas candle holder but it was the electric candle they were looking for so we got offers of the electric candle and then we were inundated with people who said they are making Christmas candle holders from the log you know the, the, the log you would have and you'd have the red candle or whatever kind of candle stuck into the log so uh, we 
have, had a lot of people from craft fairs who were making those and we're saying you can get them here and there and everywhere and we've got more and this is from a school in Blarney it's Skullvera Gone Small so hello to everybody there they have a little company set up in their school and at the moment they are selling their handmade candle holders and they are made by those in the school. So if you were in the Blarney area and you were looking for one of those Christmas candle holders and maybe you're just passing by Blarney you can go along there Skullvera Gone Small in Blarney you can contact the school and they are also making them and they have them there in their particular school if you want to collect one or purchase one off them it's part of a mini company they're running there in the school for Christmas and also a lot of Christmas lights were being switched on you would have heard them over the last week or so here on the radio station and indeed on the C103 Facebook and Twitter with pictures well Dripsy was no exception and over the weekend there was a nice evening in Dripsy for the turn on of the lights and the blessing of the crib the local priest Father Coakley did the blessing Santa arrived on tractor with sweets for the children and there was carol singing as well it was a great evening so well done to all involved there in Dripsy with this James Power of course their younger uh, or one of Ireland's must say is one of Ireland's younger boxers a professional boxers that is and he's from Dripsy he had the honour of switching on the Christmas lights this year and they're dedicating the tree this year in Dripsy to Fergal Murphy who was always involved with us but passed away due to an illness earlier this year so thank you to all the large crowd that attended there uh, to the Christmas switch on of the lights in Dripsy thanks to Connor Corkery for that particular email to the C103 Facebook and something that is going ahead if you were a fan of the country and Irish singer Michael English. He is in concert at the Fairgrove Hotel in Mitchellstown. This is a fundraiser for the CBS school and it's going ahead on Friday the 7th of December at 8 o'clock. You can get tickets. They're available from the school on 025 24111 or indeed on 025 24104. So that Michael English concert going ahead uh, this Friday December the 7th. Again a fundraiser for the CBS in Mitchellstown. So best of luck to everybody there in Mitchellstown with that particular fundraiser this coming Friday night. Now back to calls and comments coming in to us regarding drink driving and the comments made there by Danny Healy Ray in the doll. First of all, Sandy, I suppose Sandy, you agree in somewhat with what he is saying. Sandy says it's no place for guarded checkpoints for drink on the way to mass. They shouldn't be basically placed near churches. Is what Sandy is saying. Those guarded checkpoints are breathalysing. Do it after, as people sometimes, due to family or other pressures, are barely able to be on time for mass. Not a mind trying to get around our guarded checkpoints, says Sandy. While Kathy in McCroom, and it's a point that Danny Healy Ray made. He said that there is people who went to the bar or went to the pub and the reason they went along was to chat with their neighbour or catch up with their friends. Well, Cathy says, do they have to go to the pub to see their neighbours? Visit them instead. There is too much drinking going on in Ireland. While another texter saying that Danny Healy Ray is right, the government are telling us now what we can say and what we can't say. They are telling us to do this and that we must do that. Freedom of speech is gone out the window. The government are trying to do what other countries are doing, but we here in Ireland are a very small country. So that person agreeing with Danny Healy Ray. And a lot of more text and commentary coming in regarding this. Uh, texter here saying, I agree fully with Danny. I am a single farmer. I am living in rural Duhallow and I would go to the pub 
every Saturday night for one or two drinks basically to catch up with the locals in the area I would then drive home nice and easy anyone with one or two drinks will not crash or kill someone it's the lunatics with eight or ten drinks that kill people on our roads uh, that's what this particular person in Duhalo is saying uh, so some agreeing with Danny Healy Ray and some people not agreeing with Danny Healy Ray in his comment in the doll your views are welcome 1850 333 I'm sure something uh, we continue on for the week regarding his comments uh, in the actual uh, doll yesterday evening. Now we are going gardening shortly with Peter Doddall. If you have a gardening question, get that into us. You can call Bernie now, 1850-333-103 for your gardening questions or indeed you can text or WhatsApp 0862 103 uh, Peter Doddall on the way shortly. 103, we're going gardening very shortly with Peter Doddall. If you have a gardening question, get them into us. Bernie takes those calls now, 1850-333-103. And just a final few comments on Danny Healy Ray regarding drink driving. A texter here reacting to those I'm sure who were agreeing with Danny Healy Ray saying, would you like a guard knocking on your door saying one of your family is dead over a driver after drinking two points, says that particular texter. And another texter here saying that, well most of rural Ireland will agree with the Healy Rays. It's unreal that an Englishman in the Dáil can dictate to the people of Ireland he would not get away with that in England that's for sure. And you're speaking about Shane Ross. Shane Ross actually isn't English. Shane Ross is Irish. He was born in Dublin uh, in the late 40s so he is uh, very much Irish. He speaks very well. If that's what you think maybe you think he sounds English but he's not uh, Shane Ross is Irish born in Dublin so there you go for that uh, 1850 333 103 gardening questions are welcome Bernie takes those and you can text or WhatsApp 086 Peter Doddle uh, the Irish gardener he will join us next C103 Gardening and Peter Doddle the Irish gardener joins us as usual on a Wednesday afternoon good afternoon to you Peter Good afternoon, John Paul. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. Now, I'm sure a lot of the gardens are taking a bit of a battering over the last few days. A lot of changes in weather. Dry some days, cold as well. We have frost and a lot of rain in the last 24 hours. So a lot of people in with questions, Peter, about how they manage their gardens going into the next few weeks because from frost to rain, it can damage areas of the garden, can't it? Well, it can. And I'm actually down in the garden in Kerry at the moment. And it's. Uh, I was last down here about three weeks ago or four weeks ago, maybe. And it was a lovely autumn, sunny's day, and the garden was by as a bone. I'm now watching my footing that I don't sink up to my knee. It's flooded, you know. So, yeah, that, <laughs> these are the challenges at this time of the year. So, as you say, you, you've got, you know, we've had a huge amount of rainfall over the last few days, and then the next day it could be frozen. And really, there's very little you can do in terms, obviously, there's little you can, nothing you can do in terms of what the weather's going to do. All you can really do is make your garden safe at this time of the year, which is most important, that the, the, there aren't any hazards, uh, slip hazards and things like that. So make your garden safe, clean the paths. I said it to Trish last week, uh, we are going to get more storms, so make sure that any trees or overhanging branches that you have, remove them first. Get a tree surgeon in, get, them, get anything that's unstable or that might be dangerous removed, because otherwise, if you leave it to nature, she... She's not going to pay any attention to to your private property or your house or your car or human life. It'll just it'll just come down. So, really, what you need to do is make the garden safe and then just let nature do what it will over the season. 
Yeah, and then try and deal with it then next year and plan your loans and from maybe next March, April onwards when things should be settling down weather-wise as we go into the summer. We'll have to wait and see what happens when we get to that stage. And let's get into questions, Peter. First of all, Mick is in the city. Uh, he has a north-facing lawn. Now, he says it's completely destroyed with moss. He has tried everything over the last two years to kill it, but no luck. Now, the drought in the summer seems to have affected it so badly that the moss is now back again and it's worse than ever. So he's asking you, what would you think of an artificial lawn would it work? It's only a small lawn, about 12 foot by 20. I don't like using artificial lawns, so that's not to say that, that I never use them. I do use them from time to time, but only where, in places where, where, where a lawn might, you know, might be very inaccessible, where it can't be maintained or something like that. Um, so I don't really use them because they're plastic. I'd look at, in that situation, I would look at really... Using products to kill the moss doesn't always work. Uh, whereas a lot of the, you see a lot of the products that we use to kill lawns, or sorry, to kill moss, uh, like are sulfate of iron based, and what that's doing is making the soil even more acidic, which is exactly what moss likes. So you might be killing it for a while, but it will come back. The lawn goal that I've been talking about for the last kind of couple of years since I discovered it works on the back to basic principles of of maintaining the correct pH for great grass growth, which is a pH that's slightly alkaline that moss can't grow in. So it's real back to nature, back to basics, I find that very, very successful. And I, I would give it one shot before before I would go the artificial route. I would give it one 12-month one period of using the lawn gold for 12 months. And I'd be very surprised if he still had moss this time next year. It's Ireland, it's it's warm, it's it's wet. Moss can be a problem. So you need, to, you need to alter the pH of the soil to try and avoid the moss getting a foothold. I'd much rather go that route, pardon the pun, but I'd much rather go that route than, than going an artificial lawn. Okay, and a question here from Eileen in Clonakilty. It's regarding chemical solutions for weed killers and she's asking you, do you know what will be replacing, I think it's simazine in the weed killer chemical solutions and if you do know what is as good uh, that they can use that was as good as simazine, says Eileen in Clonakilty. Okay, well, Simazine has actually gone off the market a good number of years at this stage. Without going into too much detail, John Paul, you have three different types of of herbicide or weed killer. You have what's called contact acting, which is a weed killer that that kills what it hits. So it it can kill something overnight, but it's only killing the leaf. It's not actually going to all parts of the plant. Then you have uh, uh, systemic, which is glyphosate, Roundup, or 95% of the weed killers on the market contain glyphosate, which is the one that's got all the bad press because of, of... um, public health concerns and what it's doing to biodiversity uh, and that probably is going to be taken off the market in the next few years as well glyphosate uh, and then you have what's called residual acting so residual acting weed killers which is where simazine falls into is a weed killer that doesn't kill anything but it stops anything from germinating in the soil so it has a residual effect in the soil and obviously residual effect uh, residual acting is has you know bad implications in terms of mm. biodiversity and in terms of, of soil health so most of the residual ones have been taken off the market. Do I know what's going to replace simazine? The short answer is I don't, uh, if anything. I know there are still, I don't know the names of them, but I know there are some still still some residual herbicides on the market, but they'd be more for agricultural use, and I'm not aware of them, I'm afraid. I try not to use them. So I, I don't know where that leaves the caller. It's not really a great answer for her in terms of a chemical solution. Um it, 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 you could try just mulching beds with with a good layer of bark mulch, uh, that kind of thing to keep weeds down. It's much more preferable, obviously, than, than using a residual weed killer. But the, the short answer to our question is I'm not aware of any any on the horizon. OK, Mary uh, is asking, can she still set daffodils at this time of year? 
Very much so, very much so. Now, the, the, you, you've nothing to lose by doing it because if you leave them out of the ground, they'll only go soft and then there'll be no, no good to you next year. So if they're still hard and if they're not soft to the touch, jump ball, they'll still flower away. They're going in a bit late, so they might flower a bit later than normal, but that's, that's all that'll happen. So absolutely plant away. OK, and Geraldine asking, uh, tulips, can they be set now or have they a better chance starting them off in pots indoors and maybe then, I presume, transferring them outdoors, asked Geraldine. No, I'd say definitely not. I'd say plant them in, in outside. If you, if you start them off in a pot indoors, you're kind of, you're mollycoddling them, if you like, they, they, and then they'll have the shock of being moved out when the when the foliage is up, and that, that could end up doing more harm than good. Uh, so, so bulbs, tulips, daffodils, all those bulbs, they're very hardy in terms of cold temperatures. The cold won't bother them at all. They, uh, and I don't, I, I haven't got my tulips in yet. I, I have no problem waiting until December, January before I plant my tulips, because... Uh, it's when the soil temperatures really drop, it kills off a lot of the nasties that are in the soil that can actually eat away at the tulip bulbs otherwise. So maybe by accident, but I think she's at the right time for, for doing the, the tulips. I would often leave it at this time of the year before I plant them. OK, and Peter, this person here, Pat, he's just been in touch with us and he doesn't know if you can help with this or is there any saving this particular tree because they have an old apple tree. But the site, the site soil around the trees, they were heaped up to the tree trunk, about two feet up the tree trunk. And this happened about 10 years ago. So now uh, the tree trunk is rotting and he's wondering, is it possible to take a piece from the tree or a graft from the, from the actual tree? And if that is so, how can he do that? Okay, the, the 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 few answers there. Number one, I would say that the fact that the, the, the soil is up so far and for so long, and the trunk is now rotting. No, I don't think it is salvageable. Unfortunately, I would without seeing it now, it's obviously difficult to say everything for definite. But I would say it's unlikely that it's going to survive. Uh, can you take cuttings from it, and can you take a graft off a graft material off it? Yes, you can absolutely. A hardwood cutting, which you would do at this time of the year, you take this year's growth about kind of your baby finger in thickness, John Paul. You take take about about 10 inches, 8 to 10 inches of growth. The bottom of the cutting should be at a node, which is just where a leaf bud is, where, the, where the, it's a swelling in the stem, where you can see a small little bud, which is where next year's leaves will come. That's a node. That should be the bottom of the cutting, about 8 inches long. Take as many as you want, plunge them into the soil outside at this time of the year by about, plunge about half half their height into the into the soil. They could, believe it or not, take up to up to 12 months to root. But once they do, you'll have good, strong plants relatively quickly. You can also take graft material for grafting onto a, a rootstock apple. But I, I won't be able to explain that in a couple of minutes on, on this program. But it, it is something you could look at doing. But if they grow from cuttings, then it, it's a much, much easier process. OK, speaking of cuttings, Mike has been on. He wants to know, can I take cuttings of my Grisolinia hedge and then plant it into a bank? You can, absolutely, but I would say this is the wrong time of the year. I don't think you'd have much success taking cuttings now. If you want to give it a go, they might they might take, but you'd have much more success earlier in the year, kind of around July, August, September, they'll all root away quite easily. And yes, you can plant away once they've developed roots. And Ben is in Dramahan. He wants to know, can he cut off some branches from his brambly tree now, or brambly, yeah, brambly tree now, and he wants to know, is there something he should put onto the cut branches to protect the tree, or can he just reset them? Re- can he re... Okay, first of all, dealing with the cut, um, there's two schools of thought. One is that, yes, you would treat it with a kind of a pruning sealant, because when you have a cut like that, John Paul, same as ourselves, if it, it's a, a cut, an open wound is, is a, an area where infection can get in, so you can seal it. My own opinion is I don't, so long as the cut is good and clean. It's a bit like, again, a cut in our hands. If provided you keep the cut good and clean, I don't put a plaster in it on my own hand, or you know, within reason. Uh, I, I kind of let the air at it and let it callous over and heal itself. And this, I do the same with if I'm pruning a fruit tree. I let uh, I have a good clean cut. Uh, I might put a put a, 
powder of a copper sulfate of it, on it just to prevent any fungal infection getting in. But I don't feel it. I think it's healthier for the tree for the air to get at it. But as I say that, you'll, you'll get other people who will disagree with me and say seal it with, a, with one of these sealants. And what the, what the idea is, it's basically a liquid plaster. You're sealing the cut so that no infection can get in. But my own opinion is better to let the air at it. Okay, and he's okay then when he cuts the branches and he wants to put something onto the branches, he can, he can do that without protect the tree or, or, is, or is that okay to go ahead with what he wants to do? I don't know what he. I don't know what he wants to put onto the branches. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I'm not too sure if it's something to protect them or is he replanting them. Anyhow, Ben, if he wants to come back to us, we can get back to that next week yeah. uh, on exactly what he wants to do regarding the trees there. And we mentioning the moss earlier on. Uh, a lot of people have been onto us who have a similar problem, but Jude has a problem whereby one part of our lawn is perfect, the grass is growing, but the other part has moss. It's kind of going around the corner of our house. Any ideas how she can treat the lawn? Uh, she, she's tried to treat the moss part, but seemingly where the moss is there is grass growing around it then it goes into patchy moss and then it goes back into perfect grassy conditions so she's kind of confused where to go with this You see it's, it's been caused by one of one of uh, two or three things or a combination of all of them one is where the moss is heaviest could be more shaded it could be darker mm. it could be damper the soil could be more damp in these areas uh, or, or the other thing is and you'll often get this in lawns as well there's different pockets of soil have different pH levels so like I said at the start was one of the first queries there moss loves a slightly acidic soil to thrive so if you can alter the pH so that the pH is a bit more alkaline which is brilliant for grass growth but the moss can't tolerate it then that is the best approach using things that are based on sulphate of iron as I say just end up making the soil more acidic which worsens the problem in the long run um, so try and alter the pH of the soil, make it more alkaline, use something like the Lawn Gold. I don't know if I'd use any of them at this time of the year. I'd probably wait till February, March before I would start again. Um, and really, you know, you could scarify it again in March to get rid of the Lawn Day 1. But by maintaining the correct pH, you really will have good results in keeping the moss away. OK, well, hopefully that works. Peter, I have to leave it there. Thank you for joining us uh, this afternoon. Peter Dowdall, the Irish Garner. You'll find more uh, from Peter on his Instagram and indeed Facebook. Search for Peter Dowdall, the Irish Gardener. You'll find him there on Insta and indeed on Facebook also. That's where we leave it for today. Back again with you tomorrow with Cork Today from 10am. My thanks to Bernie Murphy who produced Enjoy Your Wednesday Afternoon. I'm John Paul McNamara. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.